Welcome to episode 41 of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I'm your co-host, The Father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, a.k.a. Matt Rawlings, and I am joined, as always, by my trusty partner in grime. <laughs> oh, jeez. Jackson, the son, and uh, this movie really made me question my school's mission to, quote, encourage traditional societal values. <laughs> I bet it did. Oh, folks, we are a spoiler podcast, so be forewarned in this round... We are discussing Brian Usna's 1992 film, Society. Members of society. Republic Pictures Home Video extends an invitation. Cordially invited to a party to be given at the residence of Theodore S. Ferguson. Wow! Sounds like some bash, son. You know you'll make such a great contribution to society. Can't you see they're setting you up for something? They don't approve of me, okay? Now, I told you that teenagers sometimes feel alienated from those closest to them. I feel like something's gonna happen. You stay away from me. Don't touch me. They invite you to experience a nightmare of mind-blowing effects. You have to learn to accept society's rules. Billy, something happened at home? No, I'm not crazy. This is real. Oh, it's so intense. To join an upper class of killers. Look, I'm telling you, someone killed Martin Petrie. If you don't follow the rules, Billy, bad things happen. For an exclusive evening of horror. You never were one of us. You're a different race from us. Species. It's a different class. Who are you? Society. From director Brian Yasna, the man behind such top-rating horror titles as Reanimator, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and From Beyond. And from special effects master Screaming Mad George, the creator of effects for Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Abyss, Predator, and Poltergeist 2. <laughs> All righty, but before we get there, what have you been watching this week, buddy? Oh, well, not much, if I'm honest. Uh, haven't had a lot of time because I think that my teachers are starting to realize that they need to step up their game uh, <laughs> because we're not having final exams. You know, they got to get those grades in. But I did watch a 2020 horror film, two 2020 horror films recently. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know if I've discussed this already, but I saw Underwater uh, starring Kristen Stewart. And uh, it was pretty good. It has an unexpected twist at the end where it kind of makes it something you weren't expecting. So if you haven't seen that yet, I think it's worth renting. Hmm. Uh, I also saw 2020's The Invisible Man this week, uh, ah. which was it was it was very good. And while I was watching it, I really enjoyed myself. But if I'm honest, after I, the movie was over, it didn't really stick with me that much. So I, I think I, what I really need to do is rewatch the movie. And uh, and take some take some notes this time, because after I was done with it, I just I don't know. It, it didn't stick in my head. I think oh. it's a me problem, though. 
So it's, I saw, it stuck with me. I liked it. It was the last movie I saw in theaters, and I really dug it. So I will say this, okay? I saw the trailer before watching the movie, and the trailer was kind of like, I was like, oh, come on. They're just giving away the twist. Uh, I, in my head, I thought, nope. you know, they're giving it all away. But when you watch the movie, there's definitely stuff that, that will surprise you. So don't think that you're getting everything from that three-minute trailer on YouTube. Because I saw a bunch of comments that were like, okay, you just gave me the whole movie. But not quite. Oh, no, no, no. And Elizabeth Moss, how great is she in it? She was definitely, and she was playing, almost reminded me of Helen and Candyman, that that same kind of role. Um, and she was fantastic all the way through. I mean, totally sympathetic. And uh, she kind of walked this line between, uh, like, paranoid and totally reasonable, where you want everybody else to, to believe her. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I did a full review of it on Letterboxd, so if you're interested, you can check that out i'll talk about my letterbox you know links at the end of the episode but uh yeah underwater and the invisible man i would recommend you see both of those they're both streaming uh on amazon and stuff you have to buy them for like almost 20 bucks but the reason they're doing that is because they're not getting theatrical runs uh or at least a full theatrical run uh due to the mm. pandemic so you know support horror support blumhouse and whatnot um and uh yeah that's all i have to say all right. I really like The Invisible Man, so I, I definitely recommend people checking it out. Um, and I will check out Underwater. I've heard some other good things. I know that Rebecca McKendry uh, over at Nightmare University, she really liked it. So, yeah, I will definitely be checking that out. I haven't been able to watch too much. It's been crazy busy on on my end, despite being quarantined. I've been kind of knee-deep and first century ancient Judaism and New Testament Greek and all that kind of stuff, you know, for my PhD program. But anyway, let's get to, I, oh, I did see Extraction last night, the Chris Hemsworth action movie on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not bad. It's not bad. I, I hadn't heard anything about it other than seeing the poster. Um, you know, I wasn't really that interested. But, I mean, as this quarantine goes on and on, I might be uh, trying to find stuff to watch. So I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, it's not bad. It, it um, definitely has moments. And David Harbour um, is a, is, plays a supporting role. And mm. so I know you're a fan of his. So yep. it's, yep, it's, uh, it, it is worth a watch. Um, uh, Megan really liked it. I, I thought it was good, not great, but I, I there were there are moments in it that are really good. So it is worth a watch. It's worth a watch on Netflix. So all right. Well, we're talking about society. And when did you first see this? I first saw this today. <laughs> um, you oh. know, I didn't know what to expect. I knew that uh, it was a Brian Usna film, and I know that he can get a little wacky. Uh, I knew that Screaming Mad George worked on this movie. But I was not ready for the conclusion, the climax of this movie. It left me a little bit uh, confused. Nobody but, um, is ready for the climax of yeah, this Yeah, yeah. And uh, especially if you were expecting uh, just your average you know, thriller, it kind of sets itself up that way where it's a thriller, there's this intrigue, this mystery, what's going on? It's kind of like the Stepford Wives, but with weird bug creature things. Um, but uh, it gets a little bit more demented by the end. So I, when I was watching this, I was taking notes, um, and I have about three pages of notes. Most of them are just, you know, one line, like, what is going on? 
I have no idea what's going on. Why is this in the movie? But I have a few <laughs> insightful notes, which I, I hope to get to as we go on through this movie. Um, and just, I hope to summarize this movie in the best way I can, because it's easy to get lost and disgusted during, uh, during a watch of the society. Yeah, I saw this uh, on VHS for the first time back in the day, uh, sometime in 1993, in between the two congressional campaigns I worked on. Um, I rewatched it a few months ago as I went through the horror films of 1992, and then I rewatched it again today, and uh, never thought I'd see it three times, but <laughs> um, it is um, something. Uh, it is a movie that exists. It is a movie that exists. Uh, so the IMDb rundown is an ordinary teenage boy, which um, is he an ordinary teenage boy growing up in Beverly Hills in a filthy yeah. rich family? He's not um, He's not ordinary or teenage. Uh, oh, no. He's like 28 when he's doing this. And so he's an ordinary teenage boy, discovers his family as part of a gruesome, and this is on IMDb, orgy cult. For the social elite. Not inaccurate. That's pretty, <laughs> um, that's pretty correct, yeah. Uh, so you have Bill, or Billy, mm -hmm. who um, feels like he is different from his family and eventually discovers he really is, and in fact, we are a spoiler podcast, he's being prepared as a meal. Yep. Kind of fattened up like a pig. Well, they don't fatten him up much. He's in pretty good shape. That's uh, true, that's true. But but, but uh, basically, there can we can we talk about uh, these creatures, these things, which aren't aliens, as they like to point out. Uh, but they're basically an allegory, I guess, for the elite, yes. the um, the the upper class, right. and they raise this adopted human child uh, from birth, I guess, to be sacrificed at this um, party, this get together. Um, which is mysterious, you know, what's going to happen here throughout right. the entire movie until it's actually revealed. And um, you could kind of guess what was going to happen, but you wouldn't know w to what extent it was going to happen. You get an audio recording uh, earlier on in the movie, and you're like, oh, so it's going to be that kind of party. Yeah. But then when you actually see it, it takes on a whole new light. Um, so, I mean, it's like I said, it's oh. no secret that this entire thing is allegorical. I mean, it's it's trying to paint the picture that uh, rich people basically don't know about the troubles of uh, the middle and lower classes and they don't care about them. They just use them like, a, like I don't know, like prey. Um, and it's not very uh, clever or is it um, very well executed in the movie, I think. The reason people come to this is for that climax and for uh, the crazy effects we see. It's definitely not for the political commentary. Yeah, I mean, it, this is essentially a film with a message about wealth and class with the rich of Beverly Hills as really a different species that feeds off the poor and, by the way, engage in incest, mm -hmm. which yep. is disgusting. They do. I mean, and it's foreshadowed. I mean, earlier on in the movie, uh, when Bill, who is, I'd like to point out, Billy is played by a guy named Billy. Uh, yeah, a lot of thought went into that. Yeah, for real. But uh, he's talking to his therapist, and uh, he says, you know, just jokingly, my family is, you know, evil and they're incestual. 
And uh, the therapist kind of laughs it off like, oh, Billy, you're crazy. But then by the end of the movie, we see that he's not joking. Um, you know, that yeah. actually comes to fruition, which is one of my problems with the movie, because uh, I don't know if it wants to take itself seriously or if, it, if it's just like one big joke. Um, because it seems to me with the political commentary they put in there that they were trying to convey a serious message. And a lot of work went into this movie. I mean, the effects are 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 pretty good for what they are. They they are exactly what they were trying to be. Uh, but I I don't know because there there are scenes of serious horror, of genuine horror in this movie, and then there's a scene of a guy's head sticking out of a butthole. So I just don't know what to think. Well, he did say he was a butthead. He sure did. <laughs> Which is another thing that makes me think this is just a big comedy movie. But then there's heavy, lots of heavy material in it. Um, like one of, well, I guess it's not really his friend, an acquaintance, uh, the ex-boyfriend of, of Billy's sister is killed violently in a car crash, uh, supposedly. I mean, we're meant to believe that he was killed in a car crash. And it's pretty it's pretty glum. It's pretty sad. Uh, but then, you know, by the end of the movie, we got people walking around on their hands. They're all transfused together. Uh, there's lots of ball jokes. Um, it's just, yeah. ugh. I'm still processing this. I don't think you realize. I, I just finished watching this movie 10 minutes ago. So this is still really sinking in. But can we first of all say, okay, so Jenny's um, ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. In what universe are they dating? I know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so first of all, he's not rich. And second of all, he's not uh, good looking, I guess. Um, so. And yeah, not, right. not, not exactly witty and a winning personality or talented no. as far as we can no. see other than he's a, he's a techno nerd in the eighties, which mm -hmm. I, you know, I was a teenager in the eighties you know, kids who could program, you know, computers with their Tandy computer or whatever, or their Commodore computer back in the 80s, not popular. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. My only thought is maybe the family was setting up uh, Blanchard to be eaten or to be consumed at the party. But then I'm thinking, why would she break up with him then if she wanted to keep him around? Uh I guess it might have just been an, an afterthought. You know, we have to kill or, or fake the death of Blanchard in this car accident to stop him from giving Billy that tape. And now that we've got him, we can consume him at this party. Because they seem to think that that double header thing is a huge surprise. So, um, And the beauty mark. Yeah, the beauty mark, which winds up on the mayor's face. The uh, judge. judge. The, the judge, that's right. Uh, we'll have to get to that final con concluding scene because there are a few things that confuse me, uh, namely, you know, how a cigar is still intact and still smoking <laughs> in his mouth. How, where did that go? Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is a, a gross out thriller, I guess is what you could call it. Um, there's lots of crawling bugs and weird body like transformations. Uh, I mean, great effects work. But the context of it in the movie makes me really question why, <laughs> why they thought it was necessary. Uh, I it's just ugh. especially right, well, let's let's, let's just, okay okay I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about the the plot. All right, let's talk about the plot. Um, so you have Billy who fills out a place, um, mm -hmm. and you can clearly see that he's adopted. 
Yep. Yeah, because he looks nothing like the other. Um, absolutely nothing, and they and they treat him like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got that. Plus, despite the fact that he comes from a wealthy family, he and he is a star athlete, but he's not as popular as the nerdy kid. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was thinking maybe uh, that guy was just instated by the society, but. Then we find out later that maybe he was just a regular guy before he was consumed into the society and replaced. Yeah, we don't really. Yeah, it's not really explained that that whole thing is very confusing. Yep. Um, His character makes no sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have Billy running for class president. Right. um, Against a nerd. Mm hmm. But the nerd may or may not be in this uh, upper crust, incestual, you know, cannibalistic society. Right. And Billy's not. So you have that. But then you have a girl, Clarissa, from the society who has a crush on Billy. And Maybe. She- Does she? Because it seems like she's kind of dismissive of him in the beginning. And then somehow at the party scene, she's really into him. Well, he, she's flashing him during the debate, but it, that's it, true. It's, that is true. It's, it, uh, it's and then she has a mother. Clarissa has a mother who looks like a cross between Rebel Wilson and Divine from a John Waters movie, who likes to eat hair for some reason. Yeah. Who? I I don't get that at all. By the way, I I have a theory. All right. What is your theory, theory about this, please? My theory is that the mother isn't part of the society and that that's like she's basically a slave to Clarissa before she has a change of heart, maybe. Um, Because let's be honest, there's no way that that woman is Clarissa's mother uh, just by looking at them. Uh, First of all, Clarissa is I I, she's vaguely uh, foreign, it seems. And her mother is the most like liposuctioned. I don't know, Beverly Hills, weird makeup lady I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know, it just seemed kind of strange to me. I think that what's going on there is that she's some random lady that they found on the street, some human, that has basically become Clarissa's human slave. And she just calls her mother to not erase suspicions uh, like when Billy comes over. Because, first of all, why would a society member have... Uh, that mother, if they can take any form, are they shapeshifters? Can they take any form? That that confused me because some of them kind of aren't exactly beautiful. I don't know if they could take any form. Why would they? I'm still processing the, the whole logic of this. I want to see a commentary track from the director. Basically, what I'm saying is my theory is that the mother is human, not part of that society, and that she's a slave of Clarissa before she has a change of heart and falls for Billy. Oh, maybe they don't. Yeah, they don't really give you anything to go with there. I mean, um, the actress was Devin DeVasquez, um, who had been in Can't Buy Me Love, uh, which is Gilman Joel's favorite movie of all time. Um, and so she played Iris in that. She didn't have a lot of screen roles. She did some TV. She's best known for being a model. Um, she was the first, I think hispanic playboy playmate um Mm -hmm. and so 
Yeah, let's, uh, because there's no way we're going to make sense of this plot. So let's talk about the cast. Do you want to? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's just transition into that. Yeah. Um, the cast, uh, most will know Billy Whitlock from Days of Our Lives um, and also as the son of Dick Whitlock, the uh, stuntman and actor who played Michael Myers in oh, Halloween sure. 2. And uh, wasn't he in Halloween 2? Because he's yeah. credited on IMDb as like a, a minor character. Yeah, he is. He is in Halloween 2. He plays a child in, in Halloween 2. So um, then you have Devin DeVasquez from Can't Buy Me Love. You've got Haiti Co- uh, Heidi Kozak as Shauna, who is Billy's girlfriend at the beginning. She's been in Friday 13th Part 7 and Sleepaway Camp 2. Yeah, she definitely looked familiar. Uh, and I was wondering what happened to her, because she just kind of disappears about a third of the way into this movie. She does disappear, uh, but she's gone on to be a writer-producer, so good on her. Yeah, definitely. Well, you kind of got to cover this up if you want to have a real career after <laughs> this. And, well, yep, she has gone on. Her and Devin DeVasquez both um, have gone on. Clarissa and Shauna, the actors who play both of those, have gone on to prolific careers and other endeavors, so they've done well. Um, but outside of that, not really blown away by the cast yeah well okay so bill the guy that plays bill whitney in the movie uh i liked him i liked his character to a certain extent uh i felt like he did as good a job as he could with the script that was delivered to him you know based on what we see in the movie um i mean he's he's just a boring you know kind of joe character but he's along with us for the ride and he he tries to make sense of things even though we come to the conclusions before he does uh i don't know i liked him i thought he was the standout part of this movie not terrible but relative to the rest of the class um, the class the cast he's great um because there are some real stinkers on this cast i mean I, i especially think of ted ferguson whose only line delivery in this entire movie is basically just sneering punk every single word he says has just got this like sarcastic tonality to it and he never plays it any other way uh which i think is just kind of a one note uh like delivery on screen it's it's really boring yeah he's like a very young very unlikable vince vaughn sure uh i'm you could put it that way i mean he's probably not as talented as young vince vaughn but um, well no 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 i'm i'm if you're, you know, but if you took like every piece of charm from Vince Vaughn. Right. And made him younger, <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that would be. Him. Mm-hmm. And Evan Richards is Milo. Uh, I didn't mind him. I thought he was pretty good, uh, though. He didn't have much of a role until the ending. Uh, he was kind of just a background friend character. He played basketball uh, with Bill in the beginning, and then he showed up a couple of times. But uh, by the end, he kind of becomes an integral part because he has to kind of ground Bill as as best he can. Uh, and he's kind of the person we follow while Bill is in the hospital, I guess. Um, he becomes our protagonist for a while, which I thought was a weird choice. But um, I have some questions about, about Milo. First of all, he sneaks into the party uh, with... Uh, Clarissa's mother as and a then police just, officer right you would believe him as a police officer yeah obviously um well where did he get the gun from was that explained well because um Clarissa's mother attacks the police officer uh, so right. and eats his hair which somehow kills him or knocks him out which I don't really understand Something. but anyway yes. um 
but he sneaks in. I mean, he looks so young. You'd card him for a lottery ticket. So I'm not sure right. how he got in there. But and anyway. and he, you know, he walks in there, and none of the other society members are questioning him, even though, assumably, not all police officers are society members, and they don't recognize his face. Uh, so I don't really know how he's allowed to just walk around in there for so long. I mean, he's not captured by the other society members until Bill fights um, uh, Tim in that one scene, Tim Ferguson. So right. I don't, you know, that that's kind of questionable. It seems kind of convenient to me. But uh, yeah, so the cast overall, not great. Evan Richards, Billy Warlock, and um, and Shauna, the Heidi, is it Haddad? Kozak Haddad? Heidi Kozak, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, At that time, it was Heidi Kozak, yeah. And she was, a, she was like I said, she did a lot of horror movies, so... Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely recognize her. Slumber from... Party Massacre too, as well. Oh, the best one. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, the one with the Andrew Dice Clay lookalike running around. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, those three aren't bad. Um, definitely could have been a better cast. Uh, I would like to see this recast somehow with with bigger name actors, but uh, this movie you is... want this recast and remade. You sure. want this movie recast and remade? Sure. Now listen, now listen, okay? I will justify my pick for this movie, okay? <laughs> People may ask me, why did I pick Society? Right. Um, you know, never having seen the movie before, why did I feel so compelled to cover it on the show? Uh, you know, it's simple. I didn't pick this movie. This movie picked me, okay? I was browsing <laughs> through Shudder. I click on a movie called Society. And I see a banner of a butthead, a literal butthead. Right. And I just had to, I just had to, I just had to choose it. We had to cover society to pave the way. We were getting too good. We talked about Exorcist 1 and 3. We talked about all these artsy movies in the past. We, we well, had we to also society. talked about Exorcist 2, so. Sure, and, and all of the Children of the Corn sequels. Uh, but, literal but here, um... We had to cover society at some point. It had to happen. Um, right. And, you know, Screaming Mad George, I think, does a commendable job. That's the reason to see this movie, uh, if nothing else. I mean, he was having a blast. You the can tell. The special effects work in this movie, which yeah. is all practical, is incredible. I will give it that. It's incredible. I would never want to own a single piece of it for obvious no. reasons. No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, if somebody was like, hey, this is a part of movie history, I'd be like, burn it. Yeah. Uh, but for what it was trying to do, it is absolutely astounding because if you walk up to anybody and just say, okay, I want you to make this weird creature that walks on the hands of a man, has the face of the mother up top, and then out of the bottom comes the sister. No other person will be able to deliver other than Screaming, screaming Mad George. I mean, his work is just uh, incredible in this movie. And uh, definitely the highlight. I mean, the rest of it is just kind of drama, like manufactured tension. Yeah. Yeah, it is the highlight. And he's got an incredible resume, um, kind of a reputation for doing great effects for bad movies like Poltergeist yep. 2. Um, but yeah, he, he, you cannot deny the guy's talent. So, all right, we're, we're, we're both in agreement. The mm -hmm. cast is not necessarily the standout. It's the special effects. Oh. Yeah. The special effects and um, some of the writing. Some of the, the writing is good. Really? Uh, and entertaining. And then the plot overall just really wears thin. Okay. Where is, the, where is this 
great writing you're speaking of. Now, now, okay, hold on a second. I don't want people to get angry with me. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. I do actually like this movie. Yeah, me too. But, but I, I, I do recognize it's not a great movie with the exception of the special effects, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay, because right. folks, I also love Class of Newcomb High and Toxic Avenger. So keep yeah. that in mind. Um, this is very trauma. Yeah, it, it is trauma-esque. I, I will agree with that. And I'm a big fan of trauma. So, you know, I love Cannibal, the musical, on and on and on. So, but the writing is stand. Where is the writing standout in this? What I mean specifically is some of the dialogue. Uh, there was one joke that actually made me belly laugh in this movie, and that's the Gumby line, where Ferguson is heading up against Bill, and he punches him, and he says something along the lines of, do it again, Gumby, like, try, try, give me your best shot, oh, okay. um, which I thought was hilarious, given the fact that we just saw him all stretched out like a horse, I guess, like, I don't know, it's, it was funny in the moment. And uh, all right, I, all right. I do like the foreshadowing at the beginning uh, with the doctor and uh, Bill. Those scenes, I think, were the strongest in the movie from an acting perspective, because I don't think the therapist, until he goes full goofy at the end, is that bad of an actor either. All right. OK, <laughs> I whatever you say, um, I, I, I need to defend that... this. This is my pick. This is my uh, pick. I, I'll fight to the death. You don't have to defend. You don't have to defend. Wait till I have my pick. Okay, we're getting ready to go on a series. So we're getting ready to do a director's retrospective. So, all right. Uh, and I am confident that this director um, had his shortfalls, but somehow I still love him. So I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. Okay, look, um, when I lived in Hollywood, I knew some of these people. Mm hmm. All right. I had met some of these people several times. I have met Diana de de Vasquez. I've met her. Um, She's a lovely person. I don't just mean looks wise. She's (laughs) really a very nice person. Um, The woman who plays the young actress who plays Clarissa. She's she's a very nice person. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not meet. I've never met Brian um, Yuzna or Yuzna. Um, this was his debut as a director. He would go on to do uh, the reanimator sequels, The Dentist, one yeah, and two. I've seen The Dentist uh, with uh, the dad from Psych in it, Corbin Benson or Bernson. Corbin Bernson, who is good buddies with your Uncle Brian. Yeah, it all uh, comes together, doesn't it? <laughs> it comes together. Your Uncle Brian and Corbin Bernson were very good friends. Um, they worked on each other's roofs together. They did homeowners. They, they lived in the same neighborhood for many, many years. Um, and Corbin Bernson is a, a wonderful guy. Great guy. Um, didn't care so much for the dentist one and two myself, but I do like Corbin. He's a great guy. Um, he also directed return of the living dead three. And he directed silent night, deadly night four. Oh boy. The but, best one, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, as an aspiring director, what do you think of Brian using his direction? Let me put it this way, okay? It's not the worst. There was some serious heart here. I feel like there was a real drive to make this movie and have people see it. 
but in its execution, I would not call this a great movie nor masterpiece. Um, I think he went on to do better things. I, honestly, um, I don't. Did he do Reanimator Two? He did. Yes. That's a pretty good movie, in my opinion. I I agree. I do like that movie. Yeah. And, and I'm not. I, and I am. I am not as harsh on the dentist one as the dentist two. Sure. Yeah. I would agree one, with that. It's not terrible. It's not good. It's just mm-hmm. kind of there. But I, I, I do have to confess, and it may be because I got to know Corbin Bernstein and I like him, mm-hmm. that he is such a good guy. Same thing with Psych, though I do love all the 80s kind of nostalgia things that Psych does. Right. Uh, right. But I do like Corbin Bernstein, so I kind of have a and d for The Dentist. I do like the Reanimator sequels. That being said... Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, and this movie, as far as direction goes, I'm not so sure. Is it, but, okay, is it better than 2? Is Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, 4 better than Silent Night, Deadly Night 2? Objectively? Garbage day. No, yet, I love Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 in the same way I love The Room and Plan 9 from Outer Space. True. That is true. We had a great time watching it most recently. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, okay. So I, I can see that that probably number two is more entertaining. So sure. Okay. Brian Usna, uh, his filmography is littered uh, and very, you know, varied in quality. Uh, but I I will say that his direction isn't as bad as it would have been in the hands of somebody else who wasn't attached to the project. I feel like if if this wasn't their baby, they wouldn't have done any justice to it at all, and it would have been unwatchable if uh, if they had gone with like an outside director or something. Um, this is definitely a Brian Usna film. Knowing what I know about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Four, and all the bugs in that movie. Uh, and, you know, seeing The Reanimator 2 and The Dentist, this is a very Usna film. You can see the makings of uh, his mark as a director. I, I hate to compare him to Wes Anderson, but he's definitely got a style like Wes Anderson. Uh, like, and Wait by that I mean it's personalized to himself. I was going to say, what? <laughs> no, it's not like Wes Anderson at all. Um, I don't think that there's any symmetry in this movie just because a lot of it is just some some guy holding a camera because they couldn't afford a tripod. But uh, I, I definitely think that you can tell when it's a use in a film. Okay. All right. Uh, fair enough. I hadn't picked up on that vibe, but, you know, I haven't been a director in many years and you're the aspiring one. So I will I will just bow to you. Um, so before the final unforgettable scene, sure, shall we call a very moist, disgusting, uh, which I, I don't like that word, which I just eaten, uh, before. Oh, great. Much, by the way, he posted a sign, Brian Usna, um, stolen, of course, from, uh, John Milton. The sign he posted was abandon all hope ye who enter here. Um, so I'll give him credit for having a sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a cool thing. I already mentioned that Dick uh, Warlock was the shape. Uh, Michael Myers mm-hmm. in Halloween 2. Yep. Billy Warlock was in Halloween 2 mm-hmm. as a child. 
The hospital where Billy's at is the same hospital used in Hollywood. Halloween. Really? Yes. Is that like a prop hospital or is it a real hospital? No, that's a real hospital. Today it's a VA clinic. Uh, okay, gotcha. In Pasadena, California. I have been there, um, but I haven't been there since 1990. And this was the days before social media and cameras and all that kind of stuff. So I have no, sure. I don't have any cameras or anything. Today they do dissuade you from. Well, of course, yeah. Going into it because it's a VA clinic. So, right. uh, but today it's a VA clinic near South Pasadena. Um, but yeah, it still exists. No, it wasn't a prop. That is a real hospital. So, I can only imagine the thought that you're walking through the halls uh, where not only Michael Myers walked and ran after Lori Strode, uh, but Billy was escaping to go join the giant right. weird alien society orgy. Right. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So, all right. Uh, what else do you want to talk about with society? You're the one with three pages of notes. Let's go. Let's dig into it. So I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I feel like Bill goes full Nick Cage by the end of this movie. Uh, when he's escaping the hospital, when he jumps in his Jeep, he's just full Nick Cage. I mean, he's sweating. He's just got that same tonality. He's he's just gone crazy. And I was thinking, how far is this going to go? And then miraculously, when Bill gets to the party... He kind of just becomes sane again and worried about where he is. So I was wondering, does he, like, I don't know. It's it, it it's really fluctuating. I feel like the script was starting to go somewhere, like he was going to go off the rails and maybe join the society. And then he just kind of goes back to being the regular hero. I mean, he he wants to escape. Uh, so that, that was kind of off-putting to me. I feel like there was a missed opportunity there. Um, but to, you know talk about something a little bit more, you know, silly. Uh, you know, this movie says the word copulation 10 too many times. Uh, <laughs> I did count 10 times, yeah. 10 too many. Uh, and I don't like the way they pronounce it every single time, uh, where they really put a lot of <laughs> emphasis into it. That's uh, definitely, that's definitely older screenwriters writing dialogue for teenagers, especially in yeah. the late eighties. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there, there is a lot of that cool teen speak, which isn't really cool teen speak. No teens act like that. The, they're sitting on the beach, and uh, the girl's like, you need to go over there and get us invited to that party. I am so sad that he left us out. And I'm like, no kid talks like the way that Shauna does. It, it, it was well, a little okay, To be fair, because I was a teenager in Southern California in the sure. late 80s, um, getting invited to the big parties was a big deal. Now, that being said... It typically wasn't a nobody sent out sent out invites. Yeah, exactly. You weren't getting a telegram. No, you put like ads in the LA Recycler and stuff like that, and you had to just kind of they were vague, and you had to know people who knew people who knew people who knew where it was and all that other kind of stuff because there was a lot of illegal stuff going on. Of course, it's L.A. Folks, I wasn't a Christian at the time. Okay, I was a I was a teenager hanging out with. Uh, I don't want to name names because I don't want to get sued. Name dropping. Uh, Who cares? No, I'm We're not an LLC. sued. I will. We're not an LLC yet, so I will just say. <laughs> oh, it's in the works. It's in the works, but I will. A cast member of a hit 90s tv show about high school um and i were friends 
And he always knew how to get into the bat lady parties, which were underground and frankly look like something from a scene from blade. Um, I will, I will just say that, but they, the invitations were not being sent out to a real party. I mean, if you were having, like, if your parents were hosting something at like the Beverly Hills polo grounds, that was one thing, but a party, no. And can we talk about the fact that it comes through a telegram? Yeah, a telegram. In the late I, 80s? I don't, I don't know who's ever used I've used a telegram once in my life, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very long invitation that came through a telegram. Like, we're, somebody tapping that whole invitation, yeah, it doesn't really make I, much sense. And the one time I used a telegram was to help a homeless person. So I don't, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. No, 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 no. Apparently the rich people have it, though. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I mean, I that's weird. And and everybody back then had car phones, by the way. So mm-hmm. not cell phones, but car phones. Go watch Lethal Weapon One, and you'll see what I'm talking about. They or were just big. Listen to the fresh. They print. were big and bulky, but they had yeah. them. Yeah, brick. Those giant brick car phones. Yes, they had them. But yeah, everybody in Beverly Hills and West Hollywood had a car phone. Yeah. So the society goes to some crazy links to keep Bill from the truth before the ending. Uh, so and for reason and why yeah, exactly why? I mean, was there something special about him at 17? I have why no not? Idea. Like, I don't either. Yeah, and don't if either. everybody in the town is under their thumb, who are they worried about him leaking the truth to? Um, also, yeah, pre-internet they, days, what are you worried about? Yeah. I mean, he gets a tape from Blanchard that has audio of them discussing um, what's going to happen at this, quote, coming out party. Uh, I guess coming out as part of the society, not the traditional coming out. Um, But uh, there's some questionable audio on it. So uh, Bill takes the tape from Blanchard and takes it to a therapist and uh, plays it, you know, says, play it and I'll come and talk to you about it tomorrow. He comes back. And the therapist plays the tape, and it's a regular—they've they've redubbed the tape, I guess. It's, like, kind of like how it was before. For innocent. I know. I was thinking, did they get everybody back in there to record over the tape and kind of make it like the original? Well, Why? back then, you'd have to have, like, a sound engineer go and—, and Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I don't—yeah, I don't Why didn't they just say that—why didn't the therapist just say he lost the tape? Why did he have to come in and everybody had to record or it? why wasn't it just blank? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, and then they stage Blanchard's death instead of just stealing the tape from him to keep him from giving it to Bill. With blood everywhere, which, his car. where did the blood come from? Yeah, okay, so that means that they killed somebody, splattered their blood, took Blanchard's body, put a fake body in the casket that's like made of porcelain or plastic or something that crumbles whenever. Yeah, that, made, that was like something from Taurus Trap. I, I didn't understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they are going to such lengths, and then by the end, they just reveal it to him. Why Why did they go through all that trouble? They, I know, it's they, like a James Bond villain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's a weird comparison to make to this movie, comparing it to a James Bond movie. I think if James Bond came across these people, he'd probably just run the other direction. I know. But I've been reading No One Does It Better, the uh, uncensored oral history of James Bond, so it was on my mind. But yeah, anyway, yeah. So, okay. Uh, the conclusion, it sees uh, Bill come home ready to k- kill his parents, his family, I guess. He's got a knife in his hand. Um, 
Yeah. But when the lights turn on, it's revealed that they're all waiting for him. Where did they come from, first of all? He's in the dark with a knife, and then the lights come on, and they're surrounding him and pinning him down. I don't know where they came from. Uh, But second of all, he bears witness to uh, what I can only describe as the most disturbing thing I've ever seen, which is a room full of rich white people in suits talking ominously about uh, what appears to be an orgy. Uh, So... They all. Oh man, we're gonna get we're gonna get a, we're gonna get an explicit rating for this just by yeah. saying whichever. But I don't know no, what else to do. <laughs> there's no other way to describe it. Uh, yeah. To be frank, uh, they talk about it for a while. They give lots of exposition about what they are, uh, and then they start stripping down, uh, and it gets very uncomfortable. <sighs> so just to give you an idea, an idea of what these creatures are, they're not aliens. They claim that they've been on Earth as long as humans have. Right. Uh, but Descendants British. of Genghis Khan and Julius right. Caesar. Right. So they are. So but are Julius they Caesar was stabbed to death. So. Yeah. It, did he have children? I don't think that's canon. <laughs> I don't think that's a. Uh... No, Julius Caesar had an adopted nephew. Oh, so he's not. He became Augustus. So. So he's not. Yeah, descendant. I, yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. That's technically incorrect. Yeah. But is that implying that Genghis Khan and Julius Caesar were these creatures? That well, they fed yeah. on people? Yeah. So, so if that's true, I feel like stabbing them probably stabbing Julius Caesar probably would have just left indentations in his rubber gelatinous body, right? You know, whatever. That's I, uh, <laughs> trying to apply too much logic to it. I don't Basically, know because the way the final fight ends. Sure. It implies that what, they can't be killed pretty easily. What is Billy? Doing? He peels him. That's what the the other members of society. Well, say. but but what, where is he sticking his fist? That was my question, and <laughs> uh, I think you don't want to know the answer to that because he seems to stick his hand in the front. Meaning, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, ah, uh, yeah. uh, uh. Father and son watch horror movies. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you brought this up last week, and I was like. I'm a terrible parent, but he's old enough, so I don't know what to do here. I mean, he's, you know, you're almost, you're about to turn 17, and I was watching a lot worse things at, like, 12, but at the same time, I'm like, but, but what? <laughs> I don't know what to do here. Now, here's my theory, okay? Right. My theory is that uh, this whole ploy, this whole thing with me watching uh, the movie, was all a ploy by society, the real society. <laughs> they manufactured this film to make them think that they're they're beaten for now. But in reality, they're just pulling the wool over my eye. No, I'm just kidding. Basically, uh, I, the reason I wanted to watch this movie is what I outlined Are before. you saying Trump is, is Trump is behind this? Is that what you're saying? Is... No, but, I mean, <laughs> encouraging people to drink bleach is something right. society would do. <laughs> <laughs> all right fine we're a non-partisan podcast so mm-hmm. trump or bernie sanders whoever you pick um so oh man anyway all right what else do we have to talk about about this movie so okay i'm just confused about the logic of this right so there do you these... think there's logic to this movie <sighs> there's some semblance of it somewhere uh, because they try to explain it. They try to make this seem all perfectly rational. I don't think they succeed, but it got my mind, you know, worrying. Uh, so, okay. So they merge with humans. They, like, melt into them, and they consume them. But do they just 
does where does the human go? Does the human just assimilate into all of them, and they're just a little bit heavier, a little bit fatter after that? How do they feed off these people? Secondly, if they're so worried about being pure, wouldn't mixing their genes in this weird giant gene pool with a regular human be, like, tainting that perfect gene pool, as you put it? Thirdly, why? Who? What? Why? 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 <laughs> And you can ask that a lot. Finally, huh? why? Yeah. yeah. I I have no answers for you whatsoever. Okay, so they say that their big thing is the hunting and the shunting. Yeah, what's shunting? All right, shunting outside of electrical engineering means the exchange of fluids, as best oh. as I can understand. So you're right. If you're exchanging fluids? Yeah. Does that mean that the other person is going to become like you? I, I don't sure. know. They don't. They don't really give a consistent picture. We need a sequel. Well, Brian Yasna tried to produce a sequel. Oh it no! It didn't happen. So instead, they produced a comic book sequel. Really? They did. You can get this in a in a, a physical form. Yeah. Why would you ever want that? You can get this in a physical form. Um, there is a comic book sequel to Society out there. I have never seen it. Uh, when I was buying comic books for you in 2012, 2013, when the sequel came out, you were more focused on X-Men and Spider-Man than you were this. Society. So, I have, Oh, man. Yeah. I can imagine you plopping that down in front of me and being like, read up on real culture. No, I would not have done that to you. Um, when you were like eight, nine, ten years old, I would never have given that to you. I was giving you classic X-Men comic books and classic MCA, you know, Hulk, that kind of stuff. That's what you wanted. And I was glad that's a, if you had asked for that when you were like <laughs> nine, ten years old, I would have been concerned. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm reading up on this. Apparently, to get the comic, you had to order the special edition of Society, uh, which it looks oh, but... like is about $50. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. if you, you really want to read the sequel of Society, it's 50 bucks. It. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that. so sure it's worth it. Yeah, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. So, what else do you want to talk about with your notes in society? Uh, I I kind of like the idea that maybe Clarissa was born into the high society, but she decided to associate with, with Bill and Milo, like, against the society's wishes. I mean, that, but that doesn't really go with what was established, that these people like being in the society, that they don't want yeah. to hang out with humans. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah, we're given no why. reason as to why she would rebel. Yeah, I mean, what's so special about Bill that makes her want to leave her people, basically? Right. Um, so I, there's a good idea there, but I don't think it was executed that well. Um, and, you know, apart from that, I pretty much just have, like, my overview, my succinct review of uh, of society. So if you have anything else to say, I guess I'll, I'll give the floor to you. Uh, not much. This was a cult hit in England. Um mm -hmm. It played in West England for three months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Wait, before, did, they, did they allow this with the video nasties and everything? The, the video nasty thing was dying off by then. Gotcha. By the time this hit 
theaters in 92. In 89, 90, it was doing the theater, not the theater, I'm sorry, the festival circuit. Um, okay. It didn't really hit theaters till 92 in England and a limited run in the United States. And then in like late 92, early 93, it went to VHS. So are you uh, telling me that this is an art house film? No, it, that it is went, not it went, th- it went through um, the festivals. I don't care. Um, I'm not telling you that. So this was a cult hit in England. It became one uh, in the United States via VHS. It received mixed reviews. Uh, Variety called it obnoxious and pretentious. What? I'm not sure pretentious I would use. Obnoxious but... and disgusting, but pretentious. I mean, it's not really pretentious because it's not communicating anything that's super... I advanced. I don't know. I, heck, I don't know, man. I don't know. There was an on Ron, you know, fan at Variety at the time. I don't know. But anyway, so let's cut to the chase. What is your rating and recommendation for society? And I am really interested to hear this. Yeah. So it fluctuated. Listen, um, right after watching the movie, uh, right before we started recording, I was like, Ugh, five, five out of ten. But uh, I've been thinking it over. Listen, okay, I'll, I'll pros and cons real quick. Lead actor is good, in my opinion, compared to the rest of the cast. Uh-huh. Writing is entertaining at times. And the effects work is amazing. However, <laughs> the plot is very thin, and the intended message, I don't think it's it's very cleverly conveyed. It's 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 really a poor uh, showing for the plot. But it's not commentary. it's not preachy. I don't think. Too no, much. it's not preachy. But it's you can tell they were trying something. But it's not really there. It's it's not um, it, it, not convincing. Is basically what I'm saying. I don't right. think that was their main focus. I think that was just kind of a byproduct. And they thought, okay, well, we can sneak this rich and poor thing in there as along with this growth out. Uh, kind of horror film. So the entire concept is gross. It's like really, really gross. Imagine watching this movie with friends. Okay, that would be the most uncomfortable experience of my life. So for that, I cannot call this a great movie. It's just good and somewhat entertaining. I would give this a 6.25 out of 10. I know that's kind of specific, but I averaged it out with that's my very value okay, that's and objective rating. So 6.25 out of 10. I would call it a low-priority rental, but I don't think you should watch it uh, in quarantine in case you get so sick that you have to go to the hospital. <laughs> All right. When I reviewed this on Letterboxd when I went through the films of 1992... Um, it's listed at 89, but it didn't get a wide release to 92. I actually gave it a 7.5. Oh, wow. Um, on rewatch, I'm going down to a 7. Okay, so you liked it better than I did. That's my pick. A, a little bit. A little bit. Only because I do love the special effects. Yeah, that's true. But I do love the great. special effects. Um, so I'm going to call... I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to call this a low-priority rental or a stream. Uh, it's on shutter right now, so you can watch it there. I do think it's worth your time. It's not overly long, um, but don't eat during it, especially yeah, during the last half sure. hour. Um, and I, but I, I would definitely call it a stream. I'm not calling it a buy. I don't own it. I'm not going to buy it. But if you really like the movie, there is that $50 collector edition with a commentary and a comic book. So if you can't get enough society, yeah. uh, there is there is an option out there for you, you freak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we love you, but yeah, you're a freak. Yeah. All right. So before my pick next week, 
be sure to check out our website, fatherandsonwatchhorror.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram. We have a closed Facebook page. We also have a Patreon page, and we hope to record a special um, soon for that. You've got yep. one up there, your commentary on Demon Wind. Yeah, um, the best movie ever. And uh, I've got two videos that I'm editing right now. So those two videos are going to go up uh, next week on the Patreon for patrons exclusively. All right. So we we did hope to record a commentary during Joe Bob, but I forgot that I have a previous commitment every Friday during the quarantine to host a trivia game with couples from the church. So um, I still haven't seen Joe Bob from Friday night. Did you get to watch Joe Bob? I saw people live tweeting about it, but I didn't get to tune in. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely watch the the um, recording of it because, you know, I always like to watch those in their entirety. Okay. Even if I don't catch it live, it's fun to just watch it with all the breaks and everything just to feel like you're in that moment. And I am so upset because I saw today, I went on Fright Rags today, mm-hmm. and where you where I buy a lot of t-shirts for you and I. I did not know that Fright Rags had produced a thousand run limit action figure of Joe Bon Joe Bob. What? And they're sold out. I did not, I do not remember seeing an email about it. If I had, I would have bought two, one for you, one for me. I'm not going on eBay and paying thousands of dollars for one at this point but i cannot believe as loyal customer of fright rags i did not get an email about that that's so sad and now that's going to be like the biggest collectors that just watch 20 years down the line at cons those things are going to be ten thousand dollars. oh my gosh absolutely i would have bought as many as i could have um uh, i can't believe that but anyway hopefully we'll have a special coming maybe a commentary coming soon so buddy where can they find you on social media on Twitter, I'm at Kane underscore Hero 12. That's K-A-I-N-E underscore Hero 12. On Letterboxd, I'm at Kane Hero. That's one word. I've also been posting to a YouTube channel, and you can find that link to my bio on those profiles. Fantastic. And great videos. And you're also editing videos for Megan and her ministry. Mm-hmm. You're doing all kinds of stuff. So, folks out there. I have three exporting so for my folks, editing software. If you need videos edited and you're willing to pay for them, because I'm, I'm going to go ahead and step in as his agent, so he's not going to do it for free. <laughs> Jackson is your man. So, all right. Um, you can find me at, as Pastor Matt R. on Twitter and Letterboxd. And so, leading up to June, which by the time this posts, it'll be late April, um, we are counting down to this director's 93rd birthday, what would have been his 93rd birthday in June. Jackson, it is time you and I tackle some Fulci. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, I've been looking for an excuse to watch some Fulci movies. Oh, absolutely. So we might as well start close to the beginning. I wanted to start with lizard in a woman's skin, but that you cannot find that anywhere unless you pay 30 bucks for the Blu-ray. So we're going to start with his second film after that, which is on shutter. Okay. Don't torture a duckling. I have actually seen that movie. (laughs) Oh, we're going to talk about it next week. It's going to be a rough rewatch. What? Not, I mean, not because it's bad. It's just the subject matter. Oh, okay. Yep. It it is that. But next week we're going to talk about don't torture a duckling. And as long as you let me pick, 
we're going on to do Zombie 2. Oh, yes. And the Gates of Hell trilogy. This is going to be a great upcoming month. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, yeah. They're all on Shudder. So don't torture a duckling. Zombie 2, or as it's put on there, Zombie. Um, but also the Beyond, you know, uh, House by the Cemetery, you know, all, Gates of Hell. That's where we're going. And it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh I've said in the past that uh, foreign films and just art house films in general are not uh, my my area of expertise, and I've always looked to improve myself. Fulci, I've heard for the longest time, is the master of these real weird movies that take oh, hours yeah. to decipher. And I did listen to the HMP podcast on the Gates of Hell trilogy, so I am looking forward to actually experiencing yes. those for myself. And Dave, Dr. Schockbecker, our buddy pick those and for the gates of hell yeah that was a great episode so all right folks thanks for listening stay safe hopefully as we record this the quarantine is coming to an end be sure to check out uh other podcasts like our friends over at hnp which has a new episode on body snatching um which we covered with in invasion of the body snatcher 78 with bill van vagel which is a great episode um and so also check out L-O-T-C. They just did a Nordic horror episode, which is fantastic. Five hour. Oh, Five hour episode. Man, it was, yeah, it was epic. Uh, the Huh? Podcast with our buddies Dino and Michelle. Terror on the Tube. Considering the Cinema with Jay of the Dead. Retro Movie Geek. So many great podcasts out there to listen to while you're trying to get back to normal. So anything you want to add to that, buddy? No, not really. Just um, these guys, I mean, the whole horror community has been so supportive during this time, uh, providing extra content in these five-hour-long episodes in the case of Land of the Creeps. Uh, these guys are really devoted to making sure that you're entertained during this quarantine, so uh, I think they deserve props for that. We're hoping to have some guests on in the future um, as well as, and I think we might have somebody on for an exclusive Patreon episode uh, from another podcast at some point, but um, yep. yeah, I'm just yep. looking forward to what this uh what the rest of this year has in store once all this craziness is over oh yeah we've got a number of guests lined up from other podcasts um yeah it's going to be really really cool so keep checking back in if you want to donate to our patreon page we would appreciate it um as little as two dollars and fifty cents a month will make you a patreon we've got some special episodes coming up and we love those who have done it so far so Buddy, say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye, and remember to check your telegram for an invitation to the Ferguson party. Man, that is a tongue twister. <laughs> All right, folks. Goodbye for now. And remember, the family that watches horror movies together slays together. See ya. <laughs>